Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I'm in your ear, joined by my guys, Lil Cheesecake and the Doc. Art, what's going on at Castle Day Cheesecake? <laughs> no cheesecake, not enough cheesecake here. That's 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 a problem, you know. And I can't just run out to the store and get cheesecake. If you know, I got to limit those store trips. You know, maybe they don't have a good cheesecake. Maybe they have like a cheesecake ice cream or something like that. These are the thoughts I have. This, you know, going out to get a brownie at 9.57 right before the store closes is like, that's what I miss the most. And like, that is my porn during quarantine is like, oh my God, a brownie right now. I wouldn't even have to bake it. I'd just go buy it. It'd be so great. Uh, that's what I think about. Yeah. But other than, other than the lack of, of easy access to sweets. Everything's good here. Everything's good on my part. How are you guys doing? We might have to start calling you the Brownie Bay <laughs> with all those that brownie talk. Oh, that's just, that's going in the, the old noggin for other nicknames for you, <laughs> Eric. We've got some fantasy football drafts this weekend. I know it's not baseball, but how are you feeling about all that? Uh, you know, feeling pretty good. Confidence is sky high after beating you last week in our league. I think the the listeners need an update. David is currently one in three. He's an eighth seed. Um, hanging on by the skin of his teeth, a little panic in his voice. Um, but Art, now I now know what to get you as a future birthday gift: cheesecake ice cream and a brownie at nine fifty-seven. That'd be perfect. That would be perfect. Best gift ever. I then get in your will, right? <laughs> God. <laughs> Jeez. Well, we have a nice show today. We have a packed show on deck. We have the art of streaming. Notice the, the cheesecake of streaming. And the cheesecake is streaming. Is there anything more frustrating than streaming the wrong pitcher who gets you negative points or blows up your ratios? Have you lost your girl, put a hole in the wall, or kicked your computer because you got roasted by Alberto Mejia, giving up nine runs in two innings? Well, today we're going to solve that problem and help you properly stream your pitchers. We're going to be doing that, of course, with none other than streaming expert, special guest Michael Simeone, a.k.a. SP Streamer, who's waiting in the hole. After that, we go to our bullpen for question of the week. What was the best pitching streamer you ever made? And our mystery game coming in to shut the door. But first, up to bat is our news and notes. So first bit of news we want to get to. And as a triple play, we're not going to... This is something that needs to be talked about. And the shooting of innocent black man Jacob Blake um, shot in Wisconsin by police 
this is something that I can speak for Eric and Art. I know we all feel this way. Us at Triple Play are very saddened by the events that happened, and we stand by and applaud all players of Major League Baseball and not just not just Major League Baseball, but the NBA, the NHL, the WNBA, every sport that's choosing to stand up and, and make a stand, take a stand on everything that's going on. It's the right thing to do. We are. I'm very. Um, I, I'm. Again, I'm, I'm, I think I speak for all of us. I'm very humbled to be in a time like this where you, you can stand up for what you believe in and not feel condoned by uh, society. And this is a big step in sports in general to be able to uh, to basically uh, protest the, the games that were supposed to go on. And I love that we live in a world like that where that type of stuff can actually happen. And you're just you're not just putting your head down and doing your job and doing doing whatever they're paying you to do. You actually have a voice. So again, I, I think I speak for all of us that we're applauding the actions of every sport and for this show, major league baseball. And, um, you know, we, we, we just are very extremely proud um, and, and happy that we get to, to view this, this speaking out from all these players. So um, we're going to leave it at that. And let's move to some baseball news. We have a couple trades, Daniel Vogelbach, was sent to the Blue Jays for cash considerations. We also had the Phillies acquire Brandon Workman and Heath Hembree from the Red Sox in exchange for Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebold. Art, I'm going to start with you for this question. Do these trades mean something or are they nothing? And then the second part of this, for the second trade, do you feel that one side won this over the other? Well, obviously Toronto decided that Rowdy Telez their DH first right-handed pitchers, who is six foot four and two hundred and fifty-five pounds, was not squat enough for their team. So they got Dan Vogelbach, who is six foot two seventy. They wanted squatter and fatter. This is obviously that's why they went with the trade. I, I actually I don't know what the the reason the Blue Jays uh, made the trade. I checked roster resource today. He's not on their active roster right now. Um, I'm not sure why they made the trade. Maybe they just wanted to pick up an asset. The uh, Phillies-Red Sox trade, uh, I mean, it's the first trade of the season, but it's it's um, it's kind of a spare parts trade. Um, last season, uh, last season Brandon Workman was uh, incredible, but his walk rate is really poor, and it was unsustainable last season. We saw what he can do. Uh, he's a decent relief pitcher. He has been for a few seasons and Philly has had the worst bullpen luck all season. Hector Neris has stunk. Sir Anthony Dominguez is gone for the whole season. They don't have anyone really pitching that well in their bullpen. They needed to add some new pieces. It's good for them. They want to make the playoffs. Boston's getting to, uh, be the next team to be tantalized by Nick Pavetta. <laughs> T's known as Nick Pavetta. Eric, anything you want to add on this? Um, the only person impacted by the Daniel Vogelbach trade is our friend Gabby, who went on a date with him. Uh, for the Sox-Phillies trade, I actually think the Sox won. Um, I know that Nick Pavetta, uh, the analytic nerds love him. He's shown potential. He he has some good swing and miss stuff. Uh, I went to um, Fenway last year and was talking with some Red Sox fans, and they weren't a fan of Workman as a closer. And they said, you know, he's he's a good guy, but he's not as good as his numbers show. Um, he had 16 saves last year. Brazier had seven. Barnes had two. Walden had a couple. 
So I don't think he was their dead set guy. I think that he he pitched the best and they kept him in that role, but I don't think he's shut down. Um, Seabold, actually, like he's 24 years old. He was a third round pick in 2017. Last year, he had a 2.24 ERA in the minors and a 58 to 11 strikeout to walk ratio. So I think he's shown some potential. You're getting a, a higher draft pick for pieces that weren't going to help you contend this year. Fair enough. Good analysis, guys. Let's move to our next bit of news here. And Steven Strasburg has been diagnosed with carpal tunnel syndrome and his season is over, just had surgery. Eric, I'll start with you for this question. In a dynasty league, are you worried about the future for what Strasburg may look like? Yes. And I've been saying since the Nationals re-signed him over Rendon, that was a mistake. He's 32 years old. I'm going to run through the list of injuries that he's gone on the IL for. 2010, Tommy John surgery, 2013, lat strain, 2015, upper back strain, 2015, oblique strain, 2016, upper back strain, 2016, right elbow soreness, 2017, forearm stiffness, 2018, right shoulder inflammation, 2019, last year, he was healthy, of course, in a contract year in an opt-out clause. He's thrown more than 200 innings pitched twice in his career. He just got another big payday. I think he's going to take care of his body. I don't think I've seen, I think we've seen his best days behind him. I don't think he's going to throw 200 innings anymore in his career. I'm very worried. Are you as worried as Eric? I think you hold on to him for his walk year in 2027, of course, because he's going to be amazing when he's pitching for that next contract in 2027. I uh, know. Of course, you have to. You have to be worried about him. He's his injury history uh, is it speaks for itself. Um, I think his best days are behind him. He's 32 years old already. Um, he does not seem like a, a Verlander or Scherzer, the a type of guy who I feel has the the body to be a mid to late 30s ace. Um, but he's getting paid like one because he won World Series MVP. Flags fly forever. Way to go, Nationals, Strasburg. You dog, you. You got paid again. A couple other bit of news. Wade LeBlanc's season is over. He's been put on the 60-day IL with stress reaction in his left elbow. Mets resume play on Tuesday after their team COVID scare. Superstar Ronald Acuna was finally activated on Tuesday and promptly homered and stole a base off Garrett Cole. And my heartthrob, Nick Anderson, is on the IL with a forearm strain. Sad face. But luckily, he's supposed to be back, I think, on Sunday. So can get happy again. And the other thing I wanted to touch on, Clev Dog is back in the rotation. Art, you called this. Um, you can do your victory lap. He pitched well in his showcase game. Six innings pitched, two run runs, six Ks against the Twins. There's some speculation that Mike Clevenger could go to the Yankees. So one thing I would like to look at from you guys, do you feel that – Cleveland could get an ample return for Mike Clevenger. And let's just for sake for this sake's argument, if he went to the Yankees, do you what would be the haul back that you think that they would have to get to trade Mike Clevenger to the Yankees? So cheesecake, I think, go ahead. Yeah, I I mean Clevenger's free agency year is twenty twenty three. So you're you have three seasons of Clevenger you're trading for him. So this is not this is not a rental. You have him for a while. I think it's going to draw a big price. Uh, whether Cleveland wants MLB talent, 
I, I mean, they could be looking for a, a bat because their offense has been struggling and it still is struggling. So maybe a guy who could be a bat. Uh, they're not really a prospect hall team. They're, they're win now mode. So trading Clevenger would have to be for a bat. I don't know if the Yankees have the guy and I don't think they're willing to give up the guy for that, uh, for that purpose. They're not going to give up. I mean, Voigt. If Voigt gets it done, I don't think it does. Um, but like the Yankees also don't have the prospect talent to really sweeten a deal. Their top prospect, um, Jason Dominguez, is the number 56 prospect in the MLB. Uh, then they have a couple. They have three guys in the top 100, 56, 96, and 100. I don't think they have the prospect sexiness to get the deal done, honestly. I think there's a lot of teams that could – Put it, put together a better package. You don't think if they headlined it with uh, Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar headliner along with minor leaguers, you don't think that would get it done? Well, what is Clint Fa- Frazier worth? Like, why is he why is he worth Clevenger? Well, I don't think that he himself would be, but I'm saying if you paired him and Miguel Andujar with the 56th prospect, um, you don't think that that's anywhere. But I know for a fact, I did read that the Cleveland Indians want major league talent now back in return for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, I mean, I, I've i never been impressed with Andahar because he doesn't really have a position that he plays well. So Andahar is a DH, um, which means, you know, he's competing with other guys getting time at DH. He's, he's not really good enough to play in the field. Uh, and Frazier has look good in spurts, but the Yankees have never given him a real shot to play. And you got to wonder why at a certain point, like why, why, why is Mike Talkman, uh, why does Mike Talkman cut into Clint Frazier's time? Is Mike Talkman that special? Uh, why isn't Clint, Clint Frazier special enough to like fight off Mike Talkman who couldn't get on the field with the Rockies? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think that's Eric, a good what are your thoughts for this? So, First, I think from a fantasy perspective, he would actually lose some value because he's going to play in a division where, let's say he gets traded this year, he's going to have to face tougher teams. We've alluded to in this podcast and other ones in the past that the Central is weak, the Indians have a good bullpen, and he gets a decent amount of run support. So I think he's in the best scenario right now. I think any trade to another division, and he loses value. It's funny, that's the return that I had. Clint Frazier and Duhar, um uh, Davey Garcia, who's their um, number two pitching prospect, uh, 21 years old, and probably Talkman. And the thing is, the Indians have all the leverage. They could manipulate service time if they really wanted to with him. They have him under control for a few more years. Um, you know, they they can sit him if they want to. He's he has a long enough um, track record to show that he's a good pitcher. So I think that they're going to want to get as much as they can out of him. And I think the the reason that the Indians would want to trade him is that if there's some friction in the clubhouse and we know what Plutko and Oliver Perez has said, and obviously Clevenger carries a little more value, but if someone like a Lindor or Jose Ramirez said, I, I can't see them as my teammate, maybe internally, I think that would be the thing that would press the Indians hand to at least get a deal where they're going to get some major league talent. Because like Art said, they are in a win-now mode. Well said for both you guys. There's nothing I can add to that. I need to start putting a funner subject as the last bullet point because I always go to the plug, and it's always like a Debbie Downer subject. 
It's hard to transition, but I'm going to transition. If you like what you're hearing so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more triple play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football show and a basketball show coming that you can check out. Also available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about going in fuego and leave us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TripPlayFantasy. Eric runs our social media and provides pointless questions, gifts to make you mad, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Be the butter to our toast, peanut butter to our jelly, pudding cup to our inner child. We belong together. You know it's true. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you to the loyal player for your listen each and every week. And now, Michael Simeon. We welcome in a man who is out here saving fantasy players' lives everywhere. Creator of the SP Streamer podcast and SPStreamer.com, not to mention the co-host of the Three Bs of Baseball and writer for Rotographs. He not only has the ability to tell you who to stream, but he has the ability to down countless shots of alcohol. The man with the best color-coded charts in the game, Mr. SP Streamer himself, Michael Simeone. How's it going, man? You know, I always tell my co-host Doug that he is the best intros, but you might be rivaling him right now. That <laughs> yeah. was that was pretty freaking good. <laughs> hey man, well, I, I've seen that your three piece of baseball when you guys are doing your thing, and I'm like, dang, I'm like, I just feel so bad. Like I just see the look on your face when you're down in the shots, and I was like, he's just a champ. <laughs> like I, I could not do what he's doing right now. But well, I'm, I'm, I became somewhat of an alcoholic during the uh, pandemic, so that helps. <laughs> what have you been drinking? Um, every bourbon rye that you could possibly think of. I've spent probably like $800 worth on bottles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Over, the se- over several months, though, you know, little by little, not a lot of months. <laughs> it sounds like a good investment, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally worth it. So I've never done this before on the show. But I actually brought my vodka in the freezer, and I have a shot glass next to me. And I am going to take at least one shot during this. If I lose the game, I'm going to definitely take a shot. But uh, I was mean, like, I got to do it the right you way. lose the game. <laughs> um, well, the one thing first I wanted to ask before we dive into everything here is, of course, you, you created this awesome formula. But I want to know the background of what made you kind of make this your identity Specifically, what picture burned you to the point where you said, enough of this garbage. I'm coming up with something where this doesn't happen to me again. Um, so I, I basically started because uh, one of my good friends actually runs a hockey account on Twitter. And I didn't even know that was like a thing. Like I didn't even know like fantasy sports was even on Twitter. So um, he he did that for like a year or so. And then I started getting the idea just because I wasn't really into analytics. And when I was playing uh, fantasy baseball, I joined a league where you streamed often. And I was so bad at it. It wasn't even the one specific player. It was just an entire year where everyone I streamed, I felt like got me like negative points. I was just horrible. So I just started like educating myself. And um, I started getting better at it in my league. So then I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like bring this content onto Twitter. Like I didn't know if anyone else was doing it or anything. I just started doing it and it just kind of went from there. Yeah, man, like I said in the intro, you're our legit saving lives because that was my thing that like when I first started playing fantasy baseball four years ago, 
like I was, I would stack my hitting and then I would kind of rely on trying to screen pitchers and I was getting killed. And I'm talking about like the, uh, I remember one specifically, I don't know if you guys remember, um, at, at Alberto Mejia. Um, but he was, when he was on the twins, he got a start and I was playing Eric actually, and he got negative 27. Oh and, my God. <laughs> and I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. I was like, I'm literally losing matchups based on <laughs> one bad start. And I'll tell you though, I did learn throughout the two years I've been doing this, that no matter how much, you know, you're going to run into those. Like last year, it happened to me several times. It, it doesn't matter what's, yeah, they're streamers for a reason. They're going to blow up. You know, that's what makes it so tough. So, but uh, wild I, cards. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of curious though. Gun, can you tell us more and the listeners that listen to our show who might not follow you or know what you're doing? Can you tell us a little bit about your formula, the factors you look at, kind of how everything works? Yeah, so um, I when I when I streamed last year, I was going off so many different things off the top of my head and like just keeping uh, track of pitchers, uh, just like their performances and stuff. And then coming to the off season, I had a lot of info still down, and I was like, you know what? Let me try and like find something that's not too complicated, where you can look at and get a decent return. Um, so I started with WRC plus, I was looking at just opponents only to make it as simple as possible, not even the actual pitcher and how they were pitching and their underlining stuff. And I started with WRC plus because I felt like that was like probably the best, um, overall offensive stat. I reached out a, a couple people who are smarter than me too, and they agreed. So I started rolling with that. Um, so, th- so that was providing better results, just going off opponents, WRC plus, um, obviously the lower, the better. And, um, and then I just, in, you know, incorporated when a pitcher was pitching at home and then plus swing strike percentage, because if a team is whiffing on everything, that means they're striking out a lot. And, um, that's obviously better for the pitcher as well. So like in the end, I mean, I ran through a, a million different combinations, but, um, in the end, those three produced the best results. And, uh, so I've kind of been doing that this year a little bit. I mean, that's what I mainly look at. I also look at K percentage, walk percentage, and then I also look at the pitcher too. Um, but again, when I first made it, I was trying to do something simple so people didn't have to look at too much. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what it what it is and what I do. <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's really, I mean, the amount in depth that you've gone to to create this, and I mean, I like when you put up like what the and, and I think your your threshold is thirty percent, right? So yeah, pitchers have to be under 30%. Yeah. So I like that because you're not just taking an easy someone who's like 50% or something like that. You're really trying to dig deep there. And, and if you hit on one of those guys, it makes it even more respectable where you're like, okay, like he's not, he's not cherry picking someone on the higher end. Like he's, yeah. he's really digging deep and getting these guys. And then the best part is when you have your gifts that, uh, when you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's awesome, and that's why we're really looking forward to kind of talking about streaming a little bit in this show and hearing how you uh, you approach each of these topics that we, we put together. Mm-hmm. So I want to dive right in to our first topic here, and that is, is there a difference in how you like to look at streaming uh, for weekly leagues as a, and, and daily scoring um, or maybe even roto to points league? So there are a lot of different kind of formats. Uh, does streaming matter for you or does it change in any way um based off league format or or anything like that 
Yeah, um, I think it definitely does just because the way I do it is I just base it off. I'm assuming Roto and daily leagues um, when I pick my streamers, but weekly is completely different because you can only look at two options. It's either a, you're going to try and find someone who has a really good two start week, you know, like two good matchups or if there's no one that's really a clear cut choice, then it's either do you take someone with a two star week that's has potential to get blown up or take someone who's having one start that could do really good. Um, So I think it kind of depends. But yeah, I mean, weekly, I feel like at first you're just going to look for one guy who hopefully has good, two good matchups in the same week. But then if not, you're going to go for like the good matchup. So I think that just differs. Whereas daily, it could just be whatever day is, you know, as long as the pitcher has a good matchup, you're just adding as much as possible, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and then points leagues versus Roto. I mean, it kind of depends on your settings. But I mean, if you're in a quality start type league where you get points for that, then, you know, you want pitchers that are going to go deep into games mm-hmm. or if they get a lot of you know, points for wins, you're going to more so look at pitchers who have really good bullpens or on, you know, have a really good offense behind them because you're going to get more points for the win. So. Or is there anything that Michael was saying that you want to add or or that you agree, disagree with? I I don't disagree with anything that Michael said. I, I just wanted to add a few things actually. Um, So like uh, you can make up, I think uh, weekly leagues, you can't make up for a bad call. It's just a bad call. It's on your record. Um, if you're in like a, a daily moves league and say it's a head to head league, you can, you can make up for that. You can, you can use Sparps to use, uh, to, to fill in on days. You can, you can add an extra stream to make up for it. It's, it's, it's strategic. I think you're, um, as you were saying, you got two start pitchers or the best matchup, uh, if there's only one. Um, so, and you're also, I think, if there's like a bid process or a waiver process, you're not necessarily getting your first choice if you're trying to get this as well. So um, if you need it, if, if you're relying in your season on 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 streaming guys to to because uh, you went lighter on pitching, say, uh, you might have to go like two, three deep per week, like trying to get them just to say, oh, just to get one guy for sure. Um, but, uh, you know. So you're you're uh, <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Let me get back to the uh, other parts. Um, and also like the sparps, yeah, the relief pitchers, the streaming relief pitchers, which you can do in a in like a daily league. I don't think that's as as viable a strategy in a weekly league as well. So um, so so you can use less. Uh, you can use as many uh, streams as you want in a daily league, or as little as you want, depending on whether you just want to focus on good ones and put relief pitchers in between. And that's something that I like to do. Can I can I ask you a question? Why sure. is your name Little Cheesecake? Good question. <laughs> I like well, just noticed it for some reason. I was like, wait. <laughs> go ahead, Art. You can tell. And um, there was a Twitter Twitter question. Your your rap name is now Lil plus the last thing you ate, and I was Lil Cheesecake, and I was like, actually, that would be the best it. rap name for me. That would actually be the best rap name for me. Lil that cheesecake. One, the cheesecake changed Art's life, and he didn't know it at the time. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm going to shorten it to LC. Yeah, yeah. I'm LC um, point. Helicopter head, is there anything you would like to add? Um, I think with weekly, it's a little more research. And in this crazy year, you have to prepare for anything. We've seen now teams are are postponing games because they don't want to play. 
There's situations like the Cardinals and Marlins. I feel like it's more of a crapshoot because nobody knows what's going to happen next. Uh, For Daly, I think it's a little more relaxed. I think you have the options of not even necessarily needing to stream if you have a lead early in the week, as opposed to seeing, you know, all right, how if if you have a 10 start limit for pitchers, okay, well, I need to stream one on this weekend. Um, And then you have a little bit more leisure with that. Um, for me, we play primarily, primarily in a points league. I look for people that won't blow up and I'll look at their game logs for the year and see if they have anything more than like a, or anything less than like a negative one or two, because I'd rather get that pitcher that will get, you know, four or six or single digits rather than that volatility where he might get you 16, but he might get negative 10. I'd rather at least get some positives for that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting, too, because I feel like year to year, it's, it's kind of changing a little bit. Like last year with the inclusion of openers, I feel like it kind of put a little bit of a twist on things. And now this year, nobody's going five innings. And so when you're like looking at streamers, you're like, OK, mm-hmm. uh, is this guy only going to be pitching two or three innings when he starts the game? And it's like something that's something we've never really looked at before either, because a lot of especially these younger guys are not getting let loose and uh, when I've personally, when I've been looking at guys streaming and I'd see anything written like, oh, they might be on a pitch count or, oh, um, look for them to go like three or four innings. And I'm, I'm immediately kind of hesitant because I'm like, OK, well, they're not going to get a quality start. They're not going to get a win um, that already is going to hurt their value. I don't know if, if Mike, if that's anything that's in your considerations when you're looking at streamers. But yeah, I mean, it definitely is. I, I had some issues, especially to begin the year. I feel like it's gotten a lot better. Um, but there's definitely certain guys that you're not going to take because of that. I mean, like Fulmer, they don't want him go past three innings. I don't think he ever will. Um, so I mean, yeah, you got to take into consideration the beginning of the year too. I was streaming guys and I only consider it a streaming win if they reach five innings and like my record to start, I was like, oh, and six, but my ERA was like a three. But it was yeah. just because these guys were only going to like three or four. But you don't really see that as mu- as much right now. I mean, unless it's like a call up or someone doing a spot start, you know, then I just I don't even look at them because that's what I'm afraid of. That's fair. I, this actually ties into the next point I wanted to get to. And we're talking about if you look at streaming a guy and you see their bullpen, I'm thinking of someone like, let's say you have Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees who has that's an what A I was bullpen. Thinking of. Well, the great minds think alike. That's what we do. Uh, someone like Jordan Montgomery, who you know might give you five solid innings, but has an amazing bullpen. But then you might have someone like um, I'm just trying to think of like if, if you have uh, uh, someone for the Rockies, but then you have a John Gray, and you know how bad the Rockies bullpen is. Does that if Jordan Montgomery and, and John Gray are both available as a pickup? and they both have one start that week, matchups are similar, are you going to side with the team that has a better bullpen, um, strictly looking at the bullpen piece of it, because they're like, hey, they can preserve the win for them, and uh, you're not going to worry about them getting wins taken away in that sense. So, Art, I'll start with you for this question. Uh, It's a small factor in my decision. I think a good bullpen and a good offense to save, like if you have a really good offense, It'll save you from a five run adding. You're not putting a loss on your record sometimes. Sometimes you get away with that stuff. It's a small factor. Uh, but this season, the bullpen's become a, a bigger factor than, than usual. I, it's why I've been looking at Oakland starters a lot. I, I really like their bullpen. Uh, I like the Yankees bullpen, but I, you know, Yankees p- starting pitchers aren't exciting at all. At least, you know, 
recently I've been finding Oakland has been putting out good start after good start. So I have been looking at bullpens um, a little bit more this season. Uh, the White Sox have a pretty good, a few pretty good bullpen pieces uh, and their starting pitchers have been producing pretty well so far as well. Uh, so, you know, these are, you know, just a few of the teams that I've, I've actually benefited from streaming this year by uh, looking at their bullpen and looking at the matchups. Um, of course, the White Sox are in the central, which is another good reason to pick them as one of your streaming options. The one thing I always look at is if Joe Jimenez is in your bullpen, then I'm staying away. <laughs> He's been so bad. <laughs> he literally, I, I just like, I finally cut bait with him and I was just like, this guy. And like, then they put in Buck Farmer yesterday and he gets lit up too. <laughs> Horrible. Eric, the is going to be good? Who? He could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's their best pitcher. He's, you know, he's next, I think, yeah. Eric, <laughs> what about you? So the first thing I look at is what's the likelihood that they're going to go five innings because we're not seeing what the Rays did last year where they're going to have a piggyback starter and they could be eligible for the win. So somebody that a team won't be afraid for them to throw 60-plus pitches rather than you know 30 or 40 pitch three or four innings. Um, I think bullpen does play a little bit of a factor, and Art touched on some good ones. Uh, he actually streamed or picked up um, – McKenzie for the Indians. And I really liked him because I own uh, Karen Chat or Krinchak and Brad Hand. And I think that's one of the better bullpens because if you can get to the eighth inning, I know Brad Hand had a bad blow up this year, but for the most part, he's been solid. Krinchak's been nearly untouchable. So you figure if they can go that long, they're probably going to secure the win. Always stay clear of the Mets bullpen, especially when Jacob DeGrom starts. I know that's not oh, strange, yeah. but I needed, but I needed to get that in there since it was on topic. But I, I think it definitely helps. I, I think the main thing is, are they going to get the win? Are they going to pitch long? Are, how is their performance? But having a bullpen where you have confidence that they can help secure that win definitely is a little bit of an added bonus. Eric, what's McKenzie's first name? Terrence. Mute. Okay. Eric is <laughs> muted. Mike, go ahead. All right. Um <laughs> I mean, when I do my streaming on Twitter, I don't look at it just because I don't know if people are in quality starts or wins, whatever. Um, but personally, yeah, if I'm in a league, especially the wins, you got to look at bullpen. Um, kind of like Cheesecake said. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep calling it. Um, oh, dude, please that's do. Good. That's good. It, uh, <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like a little bit of a design factor. I wouldn't, you know, if I'm not going, I'm still going to take the guy with the best skill set and matchup, even if his bullpen sucks, over a crappy pitcher with a good bullpen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if I'm picking between two guys, I want the better, I want the better bullpen. I want to get the win. And of course, as uh, I think Eric was mentioning too, you got to make sure they're going five innings. Another thing too, that I make as a design factor too, is park factors. I mean, um, obviously cores, you don't even want to touch, but I mean, certain, certain ballparks are better than others, obviously for pitchers. And, um, you know, if I'm trying to decide between two guys, that could certainly be a factor as well. That's a good point. And it's interesting because I, I think what you're saying is true. It's like, if you have a really good pitcher, you're going to be frustrated if their bullpen blows the lead, but you'll be a lot more frustrated if the pitcher himself sucks. So yeah, uh, I think it's a good point. Eric, Ratios are still important. Yeah, Right. 
David, I knew it, it was Tr- <laughs> Tristan or Terrence. I don't know why I said Terrence. But <laughs> your credibility is shot point, for the rest of the show. Still valid. Still valid. <laughs> I, I accepted the mute for a couple of minutes. <laughs> I had my time out. Good. Well, let's move to a personal question that you can start off on, Eric, and give us your best and your worst streamer pick this year. Okay, so my best was week one. And I'm a Nats fan, but I've been down on the Nats the entire year. I said that the last year was their peak. They got hot at the right time. They were not the best team. So I streamed Tanner Roark the first week Oof. facing the Nats. Never revenge game. <laughs> Five innings. Uh, I think two earned, eight Ks. Got the W. I was very happy. My worst, Yvonne Nova. Oh, God. Go ahead. He got six runs in the first inning of support. So I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to get the win. This is awesome. He gets the five earned against the Pirates. The terrible Pirates, five earned. Like, come on. We could do better than that. No, we could. Insulting Supernova. Supernova, yeah. Supernova, yeah. He might be the most volatile or, like, just frustrating pitcher. It sounds like, Michael, you know how just frustrating he is. I refuse to ever take him, ever. (laughs) <laughs> but but it can certainly work out because he has those random games where he goes nine innings with like mm-hmm. one strikeout but gives him yeah. no run. So yeah, yeah. Like I, I would never though. Mike, go ahead. Who's uh, who's your best and your worst? Um, so this year, my best is I took Chatwood in his second start. He was still oh, under thirty percent owned against oh, Pitt. Nice. He went six point two zero earned eleven Ks, and then um, he proceeded to explode after that. Um, worst stream of the year, which I'm disappointed because he burned me like a week before and I still went with him again. That was Pluko against the Tigers. Oh, mm. he went three innings, That's seven good. earned, and he gave me an 18.90 ERA for the day. So <laughs> that wasn't fun. <laughs> he, oh, he is up there with stressful pitchers to own because he'll go through the first two innings, allow like one yes, hit, one walk, and one yep. strikeout, and you'll be like, okay, it's not sexy numbers, but like he's gonna give me positives. And then the third or fourth inning is just when he explodes. The problem is he's just too hittable. He puts everything in the middle. None of his stuff breaks a lot. And it's just, he, uh, it was the perfect matchup. Like the Tigers were the worst in literally every category at the time, especially as of, you know, in the last seven days. But I guess when a pitcher is just that bad, it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I think you streamed him when he had that bad start, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't actually streamed Plutko this year. I haven't oh. touched him yet. Oh, I see, I'm touched. sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect you like that. Go ahead. No, no, I I missed him. Like I I was I was late to him. I wanted him so because he pitched well last year. I was like, oh, a Pletko, and it's Cleveland. What's up? You know, yeah. the same reason. The same reason why uh, I streamed Tristan McKenzie was because it, it's Cleveland. He would be my favorite because he's the type of streamer that you just keep on your roster. You're like, no, 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 I'm just keeping him. You know, to see what his next one comes back. Uh, I love that. Like that's a rare thing, uh, but. You know, when that happens, it's, it makes me really happy. And I'm and I'm doing it with Mike Fires right now, too. So I think Fires might have a good run in him. I'm not sure. If he blows up next time, I'm dropping him. But my best one, I, I think, is uh, Yusei Kikuchi against Oakland, the sec- his second game of the year. He had a bad first start. And, I, and his, like, velocity was down. And I was just like... I remember reading that he was throwing well in summer camp. I'm like, so 
there was something weird about the first game that made me think just disregard that he's throwing well i so so against oakland and he had a, a really nice start i think he had like nine strikeouts and in six innings it was a really nice start it was like his second and he hasn't had a good start since then so like i'm i didn't obviously uh he's not the read on him was just luck in that but it was a good like it was a gut call that I got right, and I was I really appreciated that, which is totally opposite from from what Michael does and why he got frustrated his first few years. But when it comes right, you're like, you know what? I got I got a spark in this, you know. I'm good. That's why I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, I want to pause for a second, like because uh, I want to Mike. I want to blow your mind. Do you know that little cheesecake is in your Discord chat? What? He is. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. What is yeah. your name in there? Art Tornamenti. Oh, that's you. That's his okay. legal name. Yeah. That's my name. <laughs> I did not know that. He's part of the SP Well, thanks Discord. for joining, man. <laughs> no, it's, a good, it's a good chat. It's a good chat. I have used the chat in, in all of my fantasy baseball. Yeah, we, um, we talk a lot. It's a great time it, in there. It's good. It's good. And a lot, a lot of useful information. It's, it was, it's been really fun to be in there, and, and I've used it. I look at it Thank every you. day. My um my worst this season. I I've been I've not been hit with a, a really awful one, but uh Taiwan Walker against the Angels on August 6th. Mm. He I think he had been pitching he's pitched really well basically um all season except for against the Angels on August 6th and I was like the Angels were not hitting. They were hitting like 198 at the time. Mm-hmm with like six other teams hitting below 200 in the first two weeks of the season. I was like, Walker's, he's dealing. The Angels, I don't know why, but they're hitting under 200. And then they they decide to come alive against Taiwan Walker. It wasn't a terrible game. Three and two-thirds, four in runs, three walks, three hits. Not terrible, but it's like, but uh, but I I really thought that was I was like I'm 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 sneaking this one past. No one no one here is realizing yet that the Angels stink, but they didn't stink at all that day. So it, it sounds like a silent but deadly fart, and somebody yeah. smelled it. <laughs> you, you thought you could slip it by, and then somebody whipped it. Yeah, oh, this show's going off the rails already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next one then. Let's move to the the next one I have here. What are your thoughts in picking up a pitcher that's on a hot streak compared to a pitcher facing a team on a cold streak? So would you prefer someone that's really hot and you don't really care their matchup? Or would you prefer a pitcher that's kind of just middle of the road, but he's got a really cold team going against him? So, Mike, I'll start with you for this one. I hate this question. <laughs> it's so hard. Um it's funny. It's fu- when I saw it, I was laughing though because I I had uh, I had Nick Pollock on recently. I asked him the same exact question, except <laughs> I basically just said, "What matters more in streaming t- for, to you, pitching the pitcher or the opponent?" Mm-hmm. And um, he said, "Opponent." And <sighs> it's tough. I it's hard because you like want a little bit of both. Um, I mean, if I were to, I I would honestly, I think I would say going against a team on a cold streak just because I feel like you could have a streamer who's, you know, pitching hot the past two starts. And like, you know, if he runs into, you know, uh, the Yankees or whatever, it's, I think it won't really matter at that point still. Um, because I mean, especially if you're streaming him, he's out there for a reason. So, I mean, unless he's doing something completely different, um, 
than he was before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think a cold streak's a cold streak because it. I feel like it doesn't matter who you throw out there. I mean, there's so many times where you have these no-name pitchers like um, – you know, going against Pittsburgh or whoever, and they still pitch decent games because it's Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think I would lean towards the opponent being a cold, on a cold streak. Art, do you echo that same sentiment? I mean, I originally thought that you go with the pitcher because I do think the 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 thought that good pitching beats good hitting is true, but – you're right. It's like you're, you're Adam Plutko versus um, yeah. Wade Miley arguments are, are, okay, are I get that really not out of here. Really not about good pitching. I'm drink uh, because you said his name. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Wade Miley burned you personally. I, I mean, and you know, also you got to remember sometimes the Anaheim Angels are hitting 198, and you're thinking, oh man, this team stinks. This is a major league team. It's a risk whenever you're streaming. I look at the last few starts, and if the last few starts have not been if, – if it looks like he's throwing okay, but not great, I'll, I think, okay, well, this guy is at least like he's kind of he's kind of got it right now, but not maybe fully got it. Maybe he can get it for a game. Uh, I do look at his last few starts. I don't start a person who's been hit around in his last couple starts, really. I don't like that. It's bad. It's bad noise. Yeah. Eric. So I'm not trying to dis- discredit the question at all, but I feel like don't you dare a, a pitcher on a hot streak is already picked up. Like if somebody mm-hmm. shows flashes in one outing, somebody's going to roster them. Mm-hmm. Like start good starting pitching is probably the most valuable thing in fantasy just because of how scarce it can be. So I, I feel like it's more of a, are you going to have a pitcher that's shown flashes of potential versus picking a team on a cold streak. And I, I'm with Michael. And think about this. I I know he said the Pirates. I have the Marlins, too. Think about if they're facing an NL team in a regular season, they're going to face a starting pitcher one out of every nine batters. So that's, you'd assume it, it'd be an easy out unless they're facing a Bumgarner or a Kershaw. So You're talking I, about in years past. Yeah. So I, I just think of, you know – it's it's a better chance of them, you know, getting out of that inning. I mean, facing a DH and an additional hitter, somebody like a Sano that could easily hit two home runs in a game, but might be benched if he was sitting, if he was with an NL team. Um, you know, teams can get hot and anything can happen. And the Pirates could go ten run off for ten runs in a game, but I think you're going with what's most likely going to happen. Like, like I could bring up an example right now of this year. So, for instance, Justin Dunn was going against Texas, right? The Rangers in the last seven days were, like, literally bottom five offense. But Justin Dunn, you know, two weeks prior, like his past, like, three starts, he had, like, a six ERA. His K walk was in the negatives. His swing strike was, like, bottom of the league. But yet he pitched six innings, zero earned runs, and six Ks. So, That's like, great. I feel like if you take in a cold team and even if the pitcher isn't even performing that well, I feel like it's more likely it won't matter compared to getting a hot pitcher who's out there against like a solid team where like, I feel like that solid team's just going to, you know, hit. Be solid. what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, and I'm sure if I like kept looking, I could probably get like somewhat of an instance of that too. But um, yeah. So I just, I just feel like, you know, 
maybe I I would I would lean slightly towards it. I feel like it's close though. It's definitely close. I also so, want to point out. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, I also want to point out that platoon splits are really important. I look how teams hit lefties versus righties. Oh, yeah. If the, if they, I look at how teams hit on the road versus how they hit at home. Mm-hmm. If there's That's a big fine. difference there, I tried to play towards teams' weaknesses in those respects. Um, lefty, lefty. If there, if a team is worse against lefties, even if it's just slightly worse or slightly better, uh, um, and they're slightly worse against righties, I'm like, okay. This is a righty. They're a little bit worse against righties. So, okay, that feels good. Even though I think sample size would, would tell me that there's not a big enough sample size to really bear that out. I do look at that just because it gives me some comfort in the decision I'm making. Um, so that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Platoon splits is, is big in my decision-making process. One of the things that I actually started doing, um, and actually has been helping me a lot in DFS too, is I look at how teams are versus a certain pitch. So oh, yeah. someone like an Austin Voth mm-hmm. who throws 50% sinkers and I look at the team and I look how they perform against sinkers. And if they're one of the top teams in the league versus that pitch, and that's what they're going to see, then I'm like, okay, like, I don't think this is going to be a good day for Voth because they hit sinkers well and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. If the team is really bad against a slider and they're facing a Denelson Lamette who throws 51% sliders, then I'm like, okay, well, uh, that's his go-to pitch. They struggle against it. I'm going to take the chance and, and stream Lamette or pick Lamette for DFS or whatever the case may be. Lamette's mm-hmm, not going to be streamed, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, but that's I, I started taking that approach too, and that I think has also worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move to the last point here. And one other thing, this is I thought this was one of the more interesting ones here. Is there one metric in particular, if you had to pick one that you would pick is the most important for when you stream? Is it the tune splits? Is it a ballpark factor? Is it WRC plus? Any particular batted ball data is there? If you had to pick the one statistic you want tied to your name, you want on your gravestone. <laughs> this is the statistic that defines you. Cheesecake. What are you saying? What are you starting with? What is it? Um, God, I feel so bad. Like I, I look at OPS. <laughs> first. That's fine. That I, is- I look at OPS first. Um, uh, so I try to go teams that are bottom OPS. Uh, Michael, did you try? I'm sure you tried OPS in your, and how did that correlate in your, in your, uh, it wasn't as good, um, as others, but Mm -hmm. I, I do like the OPS stat. Like I do look at that anyway, when I stream, Mm -hmm. um, it Mm -hmm. just didn't happen to correlate with what I found, you know? And again, my, I mean, I didn't even mention it before, but my formula was literally done on one year. That's all the data I had and mm-hmm, couldn't get. Mm-hmm. Apparently, no one keeps track of own percentage in the past. I've reached out to like everybody. Um, and that's why I'm starting to do it now, too, because yeah. I want to see if it is correct year to year. Like, I have no idea. It could have literally only worked for last year. You know what I mean? So that's um, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. I got to see you. So don't just go off of me. <laughs> well, uh, so, yeah. No, OP. Oh. I try to find a team that's in the bottom 10 of OPS uh, that hits worse against the handedness of the pitcher on pitching. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I feel pretty safe putting out there because I'm, you're just guessing anyways. In that situation, you're, 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 you have a few check marks in your favor on the guess. Eric, what about you? So I'm going to start out by saying I will never stream pitchers playing at Camden Yards, Yankee Stadium, <laughs> Or Coors Field. Like, <laughs> no, not doing it. But for me, I look at whip and I use Dakota Hudson from last year. 
He had a 3.35 ERA. You know, okay, well, that looks good. <laughs> 1.4 whip. I remember I was at a Nationals game, and I should be watching the Nationals. That's my favorite team. He has back-to-back innings where he has bases loaded, zero outs, and he only gives up one run, and it was on a sack fly. And I'm just so stressed out, and I know there's more advanced metrics, but I just can't deal with that stress. If somebody has a high whip, you know that ERA is going to catch up at some point. Dakota Hudson was so lucky, and I know that's a mention in one of David's articles of people he was avoiding. Hey, and, I know, party, buddy. and I know that that was one of the picks that you had recently that did well. I just can't do anyone with a high whip. It gives me anxiety, and I don't even have anxiety, but that's how bad it can get. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense from a personal standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> if you just don't want to deal with that stress. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would do a, it's kind of a mix. I would, um, I would probably pick WRC plus righty lefty split. So um, like you could look at, you know, how an offense does WRC plus wise against a lefty pitcher, righty pitcher. I like that mm-hmm. one the most because I've been using that a lot this year and um, it's coming to play. It's, it's been really good. <laughs> well, you know what I say? If it starts with a W, it means it's a winner. So <laughs> that's how I look at it. And so, I, I mean, WRC plus, I like uh, Woba a lot. I think Woba is yeah. a really good analyzer for it too. Those yeah, are, I think the top WRC plus it. uses Woba. Nope. See I knew Mike was going to top me at some point. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess if there's a time to take a shot. <laughs> yeah. Oof. David, tolerance is low. He's going to be feeling that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like three shots and I'm, I'm like at a good level. So third of the way there, baby. It's good to be That's lightweight. It's cheaper. <laughs> But in college, in college, I was like, we would do like 10 shots and then go out. Oh, my God. And then, but now we're, I'm, a, I'm a microcosm of my former self. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even want to be like that anymore. That's just scary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I ever Well, this ties in well to our question of the week. Mike, I hope you're ready for some fun because this is the fun part of the show. Oh, our yeah. question of the week is sponsored by Manscaped. Eric Read what what's Manscaped? What, can you tell us a little bit about our lovely sponsor? Sure, sure, David. So Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming. They offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. They've spent the last 18 months perfecting the lawn mower 3.0. Guys, you know that feeling after you mow, your lawn looks good, and someone compliments how well it's cut. Art, I know you can relate to that. Imagine someone saying that about your balls. This is <laughs> Okay? The battery lasts 90 minutes, so unless you got a jungle down there, that's plenty of time. But if you got the Amazon down there, they have a convenient charging dock powered by USB. The waterproof technology allows you to use it in the shower. Your power go out or you want to save on the electric bill and you're cheap? The razors have an LED light to shine on your junk. <laughs> After the shower, I put on my ball deodorant. My hair and body smell fresh. Why can't my sack? I make sure I don't have that chafing smell. As the bachelor and the only single one of triple play fantasy, I never know when I'll meet a girl, especially in these pandemic times. I want to make sure that I'm prepared 
So in the rare situation that a girl's actually into me and we get intimate, <laughs> your first impression is good. Guys, get 20% off and free shipping with the code triple play at manscaped.com. Best things in life are free, right? As fall comes and cuffing season is around the corner, make sure your appearance down there looks good. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code triple play. Guys, let's help you hit that home run. Is that is that a script or you came up with that? Uh, I came up with that. <laughs> so I have to say, it's pretty funny that you happen to be uh, talking about that. I got that as a batch as a uh, groomsman gift recently. Did you really? Yep. You like I have it upstairs? Guy? If I if I, I if I had it near me, I'd pull it out right now. But I don't. <laughs> I should have brought the uh, the LED razor thing with me. Uh, the lawnmower three I didn't. I, I saw something funny. They said uh, they sent me a script because we do it for our football show as well. And like when I read it, when we do it for our football, they like want you to sit, like hit some points of it. And one point they were like, make sure you reference that it, you don't want it to look like Ezekiel Elliott's hair down there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Sadly, that's pretty funny. But our question of the week, what was the best pitching streamer you've made of all time? We're talking every year you played fantasy baseball. What's the one guy that stuck out of the best streamer you've ever done? Mike, you're the guest, so lead us off. Uh, yeah, so I got to say last year, I, he was severely underowned for a while, um, and that was Denilson Lomet. I had him for a start last year. We went six innings, one earned, and had 14 strikeouts. Good. Wow. Yeah. That was when he just came back from Tommy John, right? Yeah, that was when he started – busting out and uh people didn't really grab him for a while shockingly cheesecake what about yours uh eight situation dependent the best stream i've ever had was sandy alcantara the last day of the season or the second to last day of the season 2018 uh it was the it was the finals of of uh, of a points league he got 27 points uh my pitching was just decimated. That was Trevor Bauer was my best pitcher most of the season. He went down. I managed to scrap together in the playoffs with streamers and and like a few guys like Mike Clevenger who was having a a strong solid season. And I got Alcantara with twenty seven points, which allowed me to tie for the championship that year at three forty four three forty four. And Alcantara had had not been pitching well. And it was one who I took out of necessity based upon the matchup. I think he was against the Cardinals and he just, he pitched a great game and it's a, it got me a share of the championship that year. Or can we nominate someone who's my streamer pickup of the year, Martin Perez for when you picked him up. (laughs) So like, so we played, Art and I played in our league in the championship last year and he was up by like 40 going into the day. And I saw him pick up Martin Perez in the morning and I was like, please keep him in, please keep him in. Cause that was when he was like sliding, obviously and he was going against the Royals, which was seen as a pretty good matchup. But I was like, it doesn't matter. I was like, he is awful. I'm, I'm a big twins fan. And I was like, Oh, he's awful. Like, please keep him in your lineup. Cause he's going to get you negative. And he got like negative like 18 or something ridiculous. And I came back and beat him the last day. And it was great. I, I was like, Martin Perez, your best stream you is when, my bad stream. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> there was no, uh, there was no rules for what it had to be. So, that was my best stream was your stream. So, oh, I hate that. Oh my god. 
I hope you lose this game so badly. <laughs> That's another shot if he does. Well, it's funny because Art's very neutral, or he's like very neutral in this show, but when I can get him directing anger at someone, I'm doing something right. <laughs> Eric, what about you? All right, so there's – I have – an answer that I streamed and then one that you said. My best stream was Alex Long, Alex Young last year. And I streamed him because he didn't have his picture up on ESPN Fantasy. I was like, oh, he's a wild card. That's <laughs> why <laughs> you streamed him. Zero earned, one walk, 12 Ks. I was like, wow, man crush Monday there. <laughs> best stream ever, though. It was Sunday night. I was down by 21. The guy streamed Colby Lewis. I guess he figured that he had the lead, you know, he had the locked up and maybe he didn't check his lineup. Colby Lewis went 2.1 innings, 13 hits, 11 earned, and 1K. He got negative 25, and I won by four, all because he didn't take him out on Sunday night. Best stream ever. Ended up making the playoffs as the fourth seed. Only four teams got in, and I won the championship. So, Colby Lewis, if you're listening, love you, my man. Love you. <laughs> Lewis you guys, you you guys both picked other opponents. Teams. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of haterade going. That's interesting. On here, I would have yeah. never thought to think about that. Player <laughs> hate the game. <laughs> or to be fair, I was gonna also bring up Joey Lucchese because it was a meaningless week, like regular season matchup when we played each other, and he beat he beat you the last day. Got like 23, and I was down by 19 or something. But I was like, that's just a regular season match. Not it. <laughs> I just I had a, like I had dying affection towards him, even though he was never any good after that. But anyway, well, I I believe in Luke Casey still. I, I I'm a I I don't know why I have no reason to. <laughs> don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Do our, it. You're uh you're leading our game this week because it's time for game of the week. So, Art, what are we playing? I don't. I didn't come up with a name this week. It's well, actually, it's uh, it's it's the number game, everybody. Uh, I'm going to read <laughs> you a list of five players. You will have 60 seconds to guess the jersey number of the five players I give you. Oh uh, no! <laughs> will these be will these be random jersey random players? No, these players are all considered the best player in MLB history to ever wear that jersey number, according to Jonah Carey. His list is a little bit recent bias, but it's good. I'm going with it. Here are the rules. You will have uh, you will have to bet points on your certainty about the jersey numbers you're guessing from five to one. So it's a betting game. It's not just one point for each right oh, guess. It's confidence pick. Okay. It's confidence pick. Okay. At the end of the game, the most points win. There's going to be two rounds each. So you guys will each have 10, 10, 10 players. Um, so I, I also have a, a, a wrinkle in this. You can, you can have a, you can have two guesses, what I'll call two guesses where you can ask for the first digit if you are completely off, but those have to be your one and two point answers. Okay. So you can have two guesses if you're just like, I have no idea. I, can you give me, uh, the first digit of this, this, this player? Okay. Um, so I'm handing out the chips. You guys each have two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours, and two fives. And you have to use one of each in each round. Um, we're going to give – if you got a pen and paper, it might make it easier or some way to write it down. Uh, don't worry, everyone, listeners. We're going to give them time to get their answers. We're going to cut 
all of our inane chatter out while they're getting their answers. <laughs> it's not going to be in the final podcast. Okay. Uh, Wait, so what, are, what chips do we have? Say this again. You have to bet a five, a four, a three, a two, and a one on each okay. of your jersey number guesses in each round. So can uh, I just – I need to say one thing real quick. So sure. I have like a running joke with all my friends. I can memorize or remember players' stats. I am literally the worst person when it comes to jersey numbers. I can't even tell you. I'm a Mets fan. I can't even tell you probably like three quarters of their numbers. I don't know what it is, but I just I I can't register it in my brain. So you could just assume I'm going to lose, but I'll play anyway. No, so you're telling me there's just a putting chance. it out there. We assume. <laughs> um, I was just going to say. Usually, our guests. I think if we would put a record. To the guests we've had on versus the people on the show, I feel like the guests you like unanimously always almost always win. So well, they're over six. This is good. I need this the one hand one over this one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Michael, as as the guest, I have six six lists of players. Pick, give me a number of one to six. Four. Okay, your players are Carlos Beltran. Oral Hershiser, Nolan Ryan, Justin Turner, and Tori Hunter. Okay, take your time. If you need the list again, I'll give it to you again. And you have two uh, guesses. I'm typing it out just so I have like the players in front of me. Cool, cool. Let me know if you need uh, it again. Oh, God. Also, I shout out that. to Oral, our man crush. We want you back on the show and the season's done. So please – I'm glad, I'm glad Michael got this list because y'all would have had a oral. I had to put him on, on the list. Yeah. <laughs> well, what? We had oral um, on the show a few months ago. So mm, we like all know his number now. I actually think I know a few. Cool. Um, do you want any do you want any guesses? I'm like I'm like putting the points in right now, I think. Okay. Um cool. uh I mean, I don't know. Like I mean, I feel like these some of these, I, I literally have no idea. So it's like a shot in the dark. All right. Um, all right. So for one point, is this how we're doing this? Yep. All right. Hershizer, I guess. Uh, number 21. <laughs> no. 55. Okay. Not even close. All right. Um, then for two chip for two chips or points, whatever, whatever you said. Um, whatever, yeah. <laughs> Justin Turner, forty eight. Eighty three. Nice eighty three. Eighty three. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I think these other guys I know. Um, for I'll do for three Beltron fifteen. That's right. Okay. All right. You have three points. Um, I'll do for four, um, Tory Hunter 48. That's right. Okay. I only know that because I had a sick obsession with him for some reason. When I was younger. <laughs> and then, uh, for five points, Nolan Ryan 34. That's right. So you ended up with 12 points out of round one. Mike, I you're had, I'm us. shocked. I, I'm shocked. You're I knew three us. of them. <laughs> shocked. Uh, I knew three of them. Uh, Eric, uh, one, two, three, five, and six are left. Five. Okay. Your five are Hank Aaron, 
Mark Burley, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, and Kenley Jansen. All right, so Hank Aaron, Mark Burley, A-Rod, Scott Rowland, Kenley Jansen. That's right. All right. I mean, these are the best players at these numbers. Yeah. Of uh, all time. This is not, they're not scrubs. Some of them are scrubs. You're like, number 60 uh, is what? No. <laughs> I, I'm just intimidated <laughs> that I got to beat 12 already from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky because Beltran knew uh, Mets fan. And then um, yeah. like I, said, I had a weird obsession with Torrey Hunter. And I feel like Nolan Ryan just kind of pretty much everybody. Yeah. No. Nolan, Nolan was two numbers. I would have taken 30 or 34 with Nolan. Okay. Because he, he was 30. I didn't Angel. Did Beltran have a couple too? Or he always had that? I don't. What did, What was he with KC? I can look it up on B-Ref. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. All right. I just remember the Mets. All right. I'm not confident really between besides five and four. Get a zero. Get a zero. Put the pressure A-Rod on me. Is, A-Rod is 13. What, is this five points? Yeah, this five, is your five five points for A Rod being thirteen. That's right. Four points for Mark Burley being fifty six. That's right. Three points <laughs> for three points for Scott Rowland being forty six. He's twenty seven. Okay. Two points for Kenley Jansen being forty seven. Seventy four. Seventy-four. Oh, I knew the number. <laughs> <laughs> one one point for Hank Aaron being fourteen. Forty-four. Okay. Well, I got nine. So you got you got one digit right. Yeah. Um, okay, David. This is going to be a snake selection, so you're going to have the next two rounds, David. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so uh, one, two, three, and six. Two is my favorite number, so I'll go two. All right. Your five. Come on, hard ones. Hard ones. I'm writing them on my phone. Hard ones. Jose Abreu. Okay, that's kind of easy. Lou Gehrig. Okay, that's another easy one. Barry Bonds. Oh, my gosh. Man, why can't I remember Bonds? Todd Helton. (laughs) What? Randy Johnson. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Hey, I don't know all of these. I can't remember Bonds. David's gonna, David's gonna whiff on all of them. I hope I, I, I always get two. I, I think I know all five of these actually. Bagel, bagel. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why can't I think of Barry Bonds right now? I have the other four already. I'm trying to think of Barry Bonds. Okay. Uh, God, yeah, I'm thinking I, of his, his San Francisco. I'm thinking of his homer off Mike Bassick when he turned and hit the ball. What number did it say? <laughs> Uh, it was in the 700s, David. <laughs> oh, thanks. All right, I'm just for the sake of time. All right, I'm gonna. God, this is I'm. This is sad. Okay, the, the home all run right. leader, and <laughs> we don't know his number like that. All right, yeah, all right, I'm ready. All right, one point. Barry Bonds, 42. 25. Oh my gosh, David, 42. <laughs> you serious? Get out of I here. I would have thought 40s. I don't know why I was thinking 40s. Also. Uh, I don't feel as bad. <laughs> uh, two points, Todd Helton, 41. 17. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, Lou Gehrig for three chips, 13. Four. Oh, my God. 
All right, for four points, Jose Abreu, 44? 79. Is he? Oh, my God. How I, And then uh, um, for Randy five, Johnson. five chips, Randy Johnson, 51. That's right. Okay, All right, on you, the board. We, we have 12, 9, 5. Yay, dudes in last. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Maybe gets the next choice. I felt so confident with Jose Abreu, too. I don't know why. One, three, right, um, and six. What is it? One, three, and six are left. I'll go three. Your players are Mickey Mantle, Bartolo Colon, CeCe Sabathia, Willie Mays, Roberto Alomar. Oh, that's a tough list. Is that facetious? Is that a hard one? No, I honestly, I know CeCe because I'm a big CeCe fan, but... Freaking A. Okay. I should know Bartolo Colon because he's my my picture for the league. Um, God, this is going to be ugly. This is literally going to be a poop show right now. Ah, David, I hope you pour in that shot ready, buddy. You might you might not be able to win after this. You might be behind 12 already. We <laughs> <laughs> put the pressure on, so... I'm a bad host for saying that. Alex Trebek would never chide someone like that. <laughs> That's this unprofessional. Is, this, is a, this is bad. These I are going to be. Me. These are gonna, numbers are going to literally make me seem like I'm an idiot. Hey, you know Cece though, right? Huh? You know Cece Sabathia though, right? I think I do. I, I'm not confident in it. I don't know if I would get any of these except for like, like. A All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. One point, one chip. Roberto Alomar, 23. 12. Two points. Willie Mays, 54. 24. Three points. Bartolo Colon, 70. 40. Four points. Mickey Mantle, 44. Seven. <laughs> God, this is Five chips. CeCe's Bathia, 27. He's 52. <laughs> Oh my God! That's a right, David, David's eliminated. David has to take a shot. <laughs> I put up five points. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You're awful. I'm, I'm worse at jersey numbers than Mike is. <laughs> Mike, Mike's about to win. I really think I just got lucky with that first grouping. <laughs> Eric, oh. you have one in six. Which would you choose? Hmm. Which one does Mike want? I want to take the one that he wants. <laughs> uh, I tell you. I was gonna. Now nah, there's seven letters in his first and last name, but six, six is close to seven, so I'll go with that. I was gonna pick one. <laughs> All right, your five are Ryan Sandberg, Manny, Manny Ramirez, Albert Pujols. Oh my God, Dallas Keuchel. Andy Pettit. I actually know like half of these. <laughs> oh, Can I, so Manny, Manny Ramirez has two of them, though. Are you looking them up on a computer right now? No. I no, see I, you looking off to the side. <laughs> I can see the mic. Eric, you're right. You're uh, a Roger Clemens. Um, I'm going to give you the, the unpopular one of Manny Ramirez, by the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when he got traded to the Dodgers. Okay. I know that one, I think. 
All right, so it was Ryan Sandberg, Albert Pujols, Manny Ramirez, Andy Pettit, Dallas Keuchel. That's right. Wow. I don't know Dallas Keuchel's, and I feel like that's one of the easier ones. Yeah, none, come of on, you guys have, none of you guys have taken a, a guess request to get oh, yeah, the, uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. um, the first digit. Why did you not say that when I was still guessing? I, well, well, <laughs> I said it at the beginning of the game, and now it's like, you're out of it, so I might as well tell these two guys. Yeah, it wouldn't have helped well, you anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I as a joke, there's a joke. I said at the beginning, you guys, none of you guys took advantage of it. I'm like, well, could it's I, almost over. Could I get <laughs> first digit request for Sandberg and Keuchel? Uh, Sandberg is two, Keuchel is six. No, it's, those have to be one and two. So go ahead, Eric. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Um, all right, my five point is Albert Pujols, five. Yep. My four point is going to be Andy Pettit, 46. That's right. My three point is going to be Manny Ramirez when he got traded to the Dodgers, 99. Boom. That's right. Um, oh, man. My two is going to be Dallas Keuchel, 67. 60. Six zero. Okay. And my Ryan Sandberg for one point is going to be 20. 23. Okay, I want so a P I test. Have... I want a P test. I think he's cheating. <laughs> so I got 12 that round. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess, Michael, yep. uh, you have one. It's 21 to 12, right? So Mike needs um, he needs 10 to win. That's right. He's telling me Jeter's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Jeter's one of them. Oh, my <laughs> God. What a clutch call. <laughs> I, I I'm I swear to God I'm like is my camera pointing at my screen? <laughs> um, well, I figured how could he not be mentioned yet? You know, Jeter, Adrian Beltre, okay. Greg Maddox, Yasiel Puig, Johan Santana. Oh, I know, I know Johan. Right, good game, Michael. You won, dude. <laughs> I am gonna be the worst Mets fan ever right now and not know Johan Santana's. So give me because we get two let two numbers on two players, right? Yep, yep, two guys. Okay. Um, give me, give me, give me Johan Santana. Five. And I uh, give me Puig. Six. Come on, Mike. I'm rooting for you hard right now. Well, I like I, that. Those are his one and two answers now. I I think I know two, but. Oh my god! How do I not even know Maddox? Um, all right. For one point, I'll guess Maddox thirty-four. No one, one, one is uh, has to be Santana and Puig. Oh, because one I, and okay, two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one, um, Santana fifty-four, fifty-seven. Okay, okay, I'm a horrible Mets fan. Um, all right, Puig for two sixty-eight, sixty-six. Fuck. All right, well, I don't even remember what I guessed for Max before. Uh, I know it's wrong though. All right, Max for three, fifty-four. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike. What? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I think I have the other two though. Well, no, then I wouldn't win. Fuck. <laughs> Fifty-four. You said fifty-four. His thirty-one is it? Oh man! All right, so I can't even win. 
But uh, Beltre, I was gonna is twenty nine, right? Yep. And then Jeter too. All right, so you guys are tied. Do I have the list? Where's my list? All right, we're gonna have to do a walk off here. Um, Can you ask who is the high? What pitcher is the high swing strike percentage of this year so far? <laughs> For starters, I could answer that. <laughs> no, okay. uh, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to start reading players off the list. Uh, who who I did not ask in the game. I'm going to say a name. You guys both get a guess. Whenever one person gets it right and the other one gets it wrong, that's the end of the game. So if you guys both get it wrong, you get another round. If you both get it right, you get another round. How about that? That's better. David, get that shot ready, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. praying for Mike first, and then I'll take my shot. <laughs> okay. Uh, Eric, start with you in this round. Pete Rose. God, I have no idea. <laughs> um, forty-one. Wrong. Oh, I should, I should, I shouldn't say that yet. I should let you guess. <laughs> um, forty-five. Fourteen. All right, so you guys are both. <laughs> the numbers. Oh, you guys are both going to guess, and then I'll say the right answer. All right. Um, Michael, start with you this time. Kurt Schilling. Fifty-four. Eric. Thirty-eight. 38 is correct. Aww. Eric, you are the winner. <laughs> For that shot, David. Me. I tried. <laughs> oh, 38. I, need, uh, I feel like I let you down, Mike. I should have just cheered harder. I feel like I would have, I would have helped. All right, I'll, I'll take my shot. Should have just went with my question. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let me collect myself. <laughs> Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show tonight. We really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime. Let me know. Of course, man. And of course, if you listen to this pod, you're not already following this man, make sure you follow him at SP Streamer. You'll see all the great work he does. Again, I mentioned his gifs are just on point. And again, <laughs> if you're a beginning player and you need someone that can really guide you the right way, this is the guy that can really get you there. So, Mike, again, thank you for your time. Wait, David, yeah, you did GIFs? It's GIFs. This it's isn't GIFs. peanut butter. This is, I'm drunk, dude. I'm drunk <laughs> off two shots. You're telling this to the public now. I mean, to to I mean, technically the creator did say it's GIF, but GIF See? is peanut butter, yeah. The guy who made it said it's GIF, not GIF. Is that right? Okay. But I feel like okay. you have so Who's the wrong one here? It's got <laughs> you, Mr. Last Place. <laughs> All right. All right. Everybody, we'll catch you next week. Stay safe. Stay tuned for more great content. We'll see you all then. We out. You're welcome, Eric.